Craft Beer Radio, episode 440, on October 8th, 2017. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where happy, joy, joy singing. This is a song from the Katamari Damacy original soundtrack. It's a game on the PlayStation 3. Uh, Those are Japanese la la la's yes. that you're listening to. Oh, it'll it'll come in clear when when the lyrics start. <clears throat> it's one of those. I, I remember playing the game and that song stuck out. It was so. It's a it's a kind of relaxing game, mm-hmm. and that song really stuck out to me. It's like, oh, this is fun. I like this one. Yeah, you played it beforehand, and while we were getting everything else ready, it was like. The thing is, like, like I, it's running through my head, but I can't sing any of the words. So it's like, it's like, oh, frustrating, impotent. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's just like, cause like you can't engage with it. Interesting that, other than, that, that after that, 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 frustrating, the first thing that comes to mind is impotent. I suppose. So this is a Blondale, if you're wondering what that is. This is a Blondale. That is a Blondale. So that means we only have two hoppy beers tonight? I guess so. Oh, my God. Well, it's, it's a dry hopped Blondale, so... Oh no, only one hoppy beer. Wow. Ooh. Dun dun dun. All right, let's do this one first. Okay. From Four Hands Brewing Company. Brought to us by Ryan. Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. American Blondale called Send Help. 4.5% alcohol by volume. A collabor- a collaboration. <laughs> if it was like 20%, it'd be a collaboration. It's collaborant time. <laughs> Uh, made in collaboration with uh, Randy Ploser, Todd Batrude, and Send Help Skateboards. The they pe- call it sorry. No, go ahead. They call it an extremely crushable, <clears throat> dry hopped Blondale. All right, and the uh, pairings. Yeah, Four Hands likes putting their pairings on it. This one pairs with pizza and skateboards. A northeast. <laughs> <Blondale. laughs> it's it's straw color, but it's very uh, very hazy. I did pour the whole thing. I wasn't sure if it was clearer at the top. It's sort of a kind of a lemon drop like mm-hmm. uh, aroma on top. Yeah, the beer's uh, best by the nineteenth, so we got it about eleven days before it would be just awful. <laughs> I'm actually getting a decent malt underneath it all because, yeah, there's there's something kind of graham crackery underneath it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting um, honey, like a honey polony clover thing in the aroma. Uh, a little bit. I'm not really getting graham cracker. I'm getting more like. Um, Uh, kind of like water crackers or something like that. We're getting kind of a, uh, you know, plain flour type type aroma. I'm getting something a little deeper. Bit of toast Deep, on the it. malt feels deeper to me. I don't know why. And the hops are, at least on the nose, the hops are just kind of poking through just a little bit. But yeah, like lemon drop, like you said. Okay, that's... Um... Not what I expected out of a Blondale. (laughs) 
I'm getting something a little more closer to uh, the graham cracker in the flavor, for sure. It's it's pulling out. If it's not graham cracker, it might be um, a bit of toffiness in there too. Yeah, which is it's a lot you know, of. It, it's a little more caramelly toffee than you'd expect from a blondel, but it works. Um. Yes, yeah, so there is a lot of, of malt for a Blondale. It's not something that you mm-hmm. expect. And it f- really, really does feel full on the mouth. Uh, the hops are... Uh, I I still think Lemon Drop might be one of the hops that are used here because it, it has kind of a lemony thing going on. Mm-hmm. It's not too citrusy. It's not too overtly bitter. There's a, there's a kind of a, a little bit of like a, I don't know, maybe a nugget bitterness there too, but... Yeah, it's it's kind of it has yeah, I, I don't want to play the hop guessing game too much. There's a little bit of citrusy, like you said. It could lean a little bit orange, it could lean into the lemons. I think there's definitely a, a slight like little hint of resiny or woody or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, almost like there's a small amount of Simcoe or something in here as That's well. That's why I went with Nugget. It, just, it felt more mm-hmm. nuggety to me. But, yeah, it's a, it has a combination of, of sort of a, a citrusy, a citrusy, lemony upfrontness and um, a slight bitter, a good bitter without going too dank. The beer's good, but seeing that it's almost out of coat, I wonder if it's like close to six months old or something like that. And, you know, some of that hops could have faded. I think the beer is still a fine beer. I I just am curious, you know, since they're calling it, you know, this dry hopped beer and whatnot, that I wonder if it's a little bit um, subdued compared to when they bottled it, canned it. And with the amount of malt that's coming through, yeah, they call it a crushable summer ale. And this does not. Well, okay, summer ale. They probably did put it out. Like June, yeah. I mean this this is uh, this is malty. This has a lot of character to it. If it so, was more bitter earlier on, if the hops were omnipresent, then mm-hmm. you know maybe the malt was there to bolster it, and not keep it from being too bitter. Uh, I could I could definitely see that. Well, this weekend was the Great American Beer Fest. Oh yeah, that thing. That thing. I was looking at some of the stats here. Uh, We're not going to read through the winners list or anything like we did that one year. Mm -hmm. Um, But from the stats, uh, this was, there was over 800 breweries on the festival floor. Where's the entries, though? That's the part I'm more interested in. Jeez. But that's, as we said before, that's a lot of beers. I mean, if you're going to a festival. We've been lucky enough to always been able to go to like three sessions. Right. I could not. I don't even know where I'd start if I just had one session. It would be, uh, you know, just try to snipe the. You know, you'd be running all over the place trying right. to hit your top. T- don't top, top don't 15. stand in lines because you don't have enough time. It's only like four hours, right? So yeah, yeah. I, I just I don't even know what strategy I would use for one session. Yeah. It'd be insane. Okay, so for the competition. Uh, they awarded 293 medals. That went to... That's a lot of medals. It is. There's 90 or 92 categories now, something like that, I remember. Uh, well, everyone wants to know, who won IPA? 
I'll tell you in a second. Two of those two hundred ninety three medals, two hundred and sixty six different breweries won. So sharing, you know, very spread out. You know, um, the uh, not only they they do reserve the right to not give medals out. Yeah, I, that's one thing I wanted to look at. See if anyone if they didn't award any gold, silvers, or bronzes for any category. All right, so for so now they have for the best they have categories, right? Now the levels are very small brewing company of the year, less than a thousand barrels. Uh, so this is likely not a brewery that many people have heard of. Uh, On Tour Brewing, Chicago, Illinois. Then we got Small, which is less than fifteen thousand barrels. That was two hundred ninety-three. Two hundred ninety-three is a prime number, so that uh, there must be something they didn't award, because otherwise it would be divisible yeah, by three or, or yeah, two. Yeah, you're right. That's in- <laughs> only you would pick that up. Um, <laughs> Sun River Brewing Company, Sun River, Oregon. Then we have Midsize, St. Arnold Brewing Company, one midsize. And it's interesting, they, large breweries is now, large breweries are multiple location breweries. And Melvin Brewing in Alpine, Wyoming won that. Um, I wonder if it's like a small brewery that has multiple locations and, you know, playing against, you know, giant well, breweries. I wonder how that works. Because Melvin Brewery, I don't think of them as a very big one. I've heard of them, but... Definitely don't think of them as a large brewery. Uh, for brew pubs, we got Rockford Brewing Company, Moon River Brewing Company, and Austin Beer Garden Brewing Company won. Um, this is neat. Uh, St. Arnold won three medals. They won. No one else won three medals. Uh, West Virginia only had 12 entries and won two medals. They have the best ratio. So... You know, you don't think of West Virginia as a prime beer destination. Well, they but... only had twelve entries. Yeah, well, you don't think of them as a prime beer destination, but yeah, they uh, they entered the uh, the good stuff. Um, first time competition entrance. There were five hundred eighty four. Is this beers or breweries? Oh, this no. These were also self identified during the registration process. Five hundred eighty four breweries said that they were first time entrants, and they won thirty six medals. Hmm. Uh, so you wanted to know most popular categories. There was 408 entries in American Style IPA. Mm-hmm. And the winner was Hailstrom Brewing Company in Tinley Park, Illinois. I've heard of them. Um, Auburn Ale House and Breakside Brewery won silver and bronze in that category. Uh, as comparison, the second most entered category was Imperial IPA. So IPAs had 408. Imperial IPAs had 221. Mm. So about half the size. Uh, Ballast Point won gold with Manta Ray. Not, not, right. not peppermint Manta Ray or <laughs> watermelon Manta Ray, but just Manta just Ray. Just plain old Manta Ray. Yep. Uh, Knee Deep Brewing Company came in silver, and Danville Brewing came in bronze. Uh, the other, I'm not going to go into as much detail, but the other three most entered categories were American Style Pale Ale with 199, American Style Strong Pale Ale with 182, in wood and barrel aged strong beer, one seventy five. Hmm. Next beer, yes, next beer. I think that's about all the stats I need to share. One of these, by the way, is not a beer. Yes, it is not. Let's get hot. It is a brew, but it's not a beer. Okay. All right. So, modern times. We have two modern times on the show. This is the first one. This is Critical Band Northeast. Slash New England IPA, 75 IBU, 6.7, sent to us by Mike, I believe. 
Yeah, uh, yes, I think so. I still got the paper, <laughs> the sweaty paper, <laughs> sweaty from the can, sweaty paper on the outside, but I didn't write the sender's name. I think it was Mike. That's a hazy beer. Thank you, Mike. So, or whoever it was, but I think it was Mike. So thanks, Mike. Okay. And the, it, whoever, thank you, Mike, anyway. Uh, let's see. Brewed with Denali. Ooh, I never heard of this one. Equinot. Oh, uh, Equinox had to change their name. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, look at that little spider. Yep. Um, so Econaut is... Econaut is Equinox? Okay. Yes. Citra and Centennial. Okay. All right, so... 6.7% 75 IBU. Says this on is the, not my... This, says this, on, <laughs> this is the problem of, of having the, these glasses for water. Yeah, like, we're right. out of the shaker... The shaker pints are dirty right now i need to wash them so greg used um, a different kind of beer tulip for the water glasses so he just reached over and grabbed the tulip and lifted it up to see what color the beer was this one's very very clear <laughs> northeast my ipa my ass did, did you read the malts in this the uh two row golden naked oats white wheat and maris otter oh cool maris otter yes Ooh. hey I like Maris Otter. Maris Otter is the prime malt used in um, ESBs, right? It's, it's the stand. It's like the standard for yeah. It's ESBs. it's one of the, like the I mean English beers either will use pale malt or Maris Otter, and Maris Otter I think comes exclusively from England. There might be some American malt houses making it now, but traditionally it's an imported malt from. That's one thing I look forward to. I'll, I'll be in England in. Uh, six days and i'm gonna get some good old pubs in and see what that's like that'll be cool England public experience all right so yeah this guy looks like it's it's a hazy white you know it's so cloudy that it has a whiteness to it the aroma it's um kind of like a pithy grapefruit skin or something like that you know that's the main aroma i'm getting is pithiness got a little bit of dord on it just a bit. But a lot uh, of citrus. Yeah, there's a little, like a slight touch of onion or something coming off of it as well. All right. Has more orange in the flavor, but still very pithy. More pithy than, you know, most of these hazy any IPAs that we've been having. Mm-hmm. And the pithiness kind of tends towards bitterness as well, because it leaves that kind of sourness on your tongue, the bitterness on your tongue. Looking for the really um, the pineapple-y characteristics that can come out of Denali. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess they're there, but they're a little subdued. Yeah, there's... Uh... Like, along with the pith, you know, if I'm looking for pineapple... It's almost like the the outside of the pineapple or something like that, you know, kind of like a woody, yeah, like um, or fibrous, you know, husk type thing. It's got a decent mouth. Weirdly, the scent help felt like it was a <laughs> slightly more substantial uh, in terms of of the the mouthfeel, which is strange. Mm -hmm. Um. We're in, you know, pretty 
we've been pretty lucky as of late the last couple months to have you know like all the best and yeah. northeast IPAs. So we're splitting hairs on very much so. I, I mean, it's it's very it's very quaffable. It's a very drinkable beer. It's, it it really is quite delicious. I'm just I am putting down my my microscope on this one and seeing how it compares to well, other. Speaking examples. of that. I think I mentioned that Paste Magazine put out, like, they ranked, like, 176 double yes, IPAs. Yes, yes. I never did look at what the number one beer was. I And we were told by, was it Nate who told us? Someone who told us on Twitter to look at it. Oh, it was uh, Jason. Jason, okay. Yeah, he told us to look at it. And it turns out it's Lou from the Brew Gentleman. It's, it's Lou. It's, it's the one that, uh, that I... I tried to get on twice, and I managed to get in. <laughs> right, and we loved. Yeah, so yeah. you have to see. No, so you know we're pr- like I said, we're pretty spoiled when it comes to these things as of late. Not complaining. I don't know how you judge a hundred and seventy-six. I mean, unless... they have a good methodology for doing these things. They talk about it. I don't remember it mm-hmm. per detail. They don't do it all at once, right? Um. I forget. I, I don't know if they like get have. They, I would assume they have at least two samples so they can have like a finals round or something like that. You know, kind of have. Yeah. You, know, you would expect that not every single person had every single beer. You would expect so, just like the Great American Beer mm-hmm. Fest. Not right. every judge is every single beer, but they kind of pull it up into a yeah. You know, rounds that mm-hmm. they win. Um. Yeah, pace. I'm not gonna like. I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> not to use a very dirty term. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't want to uh, um, stimulate pastes for you know <laughs> ju- just for, for existing. But they're. I have more respect for them than I have for say Thrillist. Yes. If they ever need someone to help judge beers. <laughs> You could send 176 double IPAs right here. <laughs> How the hell are we going to do that? How the hell are we going to do that? We can't even do five, like four on a show without being like, nope, got to throw something else in here. Uh, be fun to try. Well, it sounds like it'd be fun to try. Go back and listen to our um, two two interesting shows of ours to to uh, to see what that experience is sort of like. Uh, when we did a barley wine fest show of mm-hmm. sorts and when we did the stone vertical yeah right those and you can see we you know he, he kind of gets rowdy and out of hand after a while that probably one was fun <laughs> all right so uh we're not going to drink a beer for this next thing we're going to drink another thing from modern times mm-hmm. um like sent us some of their canned coffees so this is their Black House Blend, Modern Times Coffee, Ethiopia Sumatra Cold Brew. And we've had, we got three of these, and we're just like, trying to figure out like when we were going to do these. Mm-hmm. And, well, I don't know, let's have one let's, tonight. Let's do one, let's see what it's like. I don't know how it's going to, I mean, I don't know whether ranking is, is in the cards for this, but we'll at least see what it's like. So it pours a, a dark uh, tannish color, kind of a cola-like color, a little bit darker. All right, so it's 90% Ethiopia, 10% Sumatra, and uh, it either has notes of or pairs with, I'm not sure which, blueberries, chocolate, and sex. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, and and sex. Good. <laughs> it, that, it either pairs with or has notes of. I'm if not it sure has which. notes of sex, then that means it's a lot adored. <laughs> oh, that definitely smells big coffee aroma, a little bit of chocolate. I'm getting like a woodiness, like a beech wood or something mm, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Sort of a wet wood, right? So Yeah, yeah. Almost like um, driftwood or something like that. Something that's almost like hazelnut. So there's this nuttiness, but it's not quite as sweet as hazelnut. I mean, it's not smelling like work coffee. I'm mm-hmm. very pleased. It is, of course, a cold brew coffee. She mentioned that. Yeah, it's not carbonated. And it's a cold coffee, so, you know, I, I've had some of these, but a few of these before. It's a different experience than hot coffees. They're typically mm-hmm. more concentrated as well. Yeah. So, like, you know, if they had a caffeine, like, meter on it, it's probably more caffeinated than a hot cup of coffee. Like, when you do a cold brew, you soak it in the grinds, like, overnight. Right. And then... Like the machine, like we have one of these at work that we'd use in the summertime where we'll make a, a carafe of cold brew, but it's like, it's espresso strength, right? So what I will do is I will pour it over ice and I actually find I like mixing it with soda water, which is just my own crazy invention, but it's kind of like a fizzy coffee drink. And it's Interesting. Good. Yeah. I mean, one, one of the things you got to worry about with cold brew is that you don't want to get all, you don't want to start getting very bitter because you're leaving it overnight and those bitter tannins can really come out yeah i think because of the gold steep the the extraction profile is different than like over steeping a hot coffee or something like that well this is a lot of character to it um i kind of get where they're going with blueberry there's a little bit of a sort of fruitiness to mm-hmm. kind of the end and, and a little bit of the the mouthfeel um but but is this going to, you know, would that modern times were distributing right here, would I take this as opposed to a morning coffee? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I am impressed with the amount of flavor in this thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, age and everything. I mean, okay, so, oh, this has an enjoy, enjoy by. It's enjoy by is by December 5th. So it's either really fresh or has a long life. Um, I'm guessing it's probably pretty fresh because there's still a lot of ton of great nuance in this thing. Mm-hmm. And this is, yeah, this is a beverage worth talking about on our show. I mean, cause we can dig into this just yeah. like a beer. It, it's a little bit different because we don't, our tongues are in that space. So we haven't really, pre- you know, prepared or gone through mm-hmm. the, the space you would need to, to get our, our terms set up. I've had, so, so Ethiopian coffee coffees to me can tend to have those berry things and mm-hmm. fruity the blueberries and stuff. I've been drinking an Ethiopian coffee. I keep saying coffee, coffee exclusively for about the last month and a half or two months. Commonplace Coffee has uh, a co- one called More Mora More Mora, and I think that's the estate name. And it's a fruity coffee that uh, I just love it so much. I didn't think I'd be talking about. It. So I'm like, I'm kind of trying to do a recall on what the beer what tastes like, coffee tastes like. Thing is, we get our coffee deliveries on Thursday. Thursday, like later in the morning. 
So Thursday morning, like last two weeks, we've been out of more Mora. So I've made some other deli- what no- would normally be a delicious coffee, and it tastes like dirt water to me. <laughs> it's like spoiled me on like all the other coffees. But this does not taste like dirt water to you. Well, it does not. It's also you know not a hot coffee mm-hmm. in the morning. You know mm-hmm. I'm drinking a di- completely different atmosphere, and I'm not saying all coffees taste like dirt water. The one I made, I can't you know I can't remember what it was, but it's like. It's like, womp, 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 I used to do the coffee, you know, commonplace stuff a lot, too. When when my office moved, our kitchen became a lot smaller. It became a lot just more mm-hmm. difficult to do the the stuff. Right. So I kind of stopped doing that. And, and now I buy the... We have a Keurig machine, so I buy the ones that are better than the standard Keurig ones. Mm-hmm. You know, they come in the bag, and they're... Right. So they're nice. They're not great, but they're better than... Sure. The dry stuff. Yeah, so I think I'm almost done with my sample here. I think my takeaways are I like kind of that that nutty woodiness in here, and I like I said it's not it's not hazelnut. It's more woody than hazelnut, but it's more nutty than wood. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's somewhere like halfway through there, and um, and then you know it's playing around with you know a little bit of fruitiness or something like that, and uh, yeah, I love the nuance. I like the depth of flavor. And I think it's certainly a worthy beverage to spend five minutes talking about flavors. More to talk about in this coffee than in many coffee beers. Oktoberfest? I was going to say, we'll oh, stay okay. with the coffee flavors. Okay. We can do that. Do, 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 do. And we should also just do our little promo thing. Uh, if you want to support us, and why wouldn't you, right? Uh, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon uh, and buy all your Amazon stuff that way, and we get 6%, uh, and you don't pay any extra. Also, hey, um, rate us on uh, things, iTunes and whatever. Uh, that uh, It brings more people to the show, basically. So, really? yeah. Rate us. So are we going to start that as a campaign? Because if we don't do it, you know, in and out for you know a month or two, it probably as long as we just mention it, I guess. I mean, I'm not like super big on it. You know, it's, again, we we should point out this is we did this for fun. It's not our yeah. job. You nominate us in the podcast award. <laughs> uh, and hey, um, I assume you can set this up. Go to craftyradio.com/kids, and that you can go. That will Ooh. donate to my. Uh, Yes, that I can give forward you a, that to you. Like. An idea to, to donate to to my little, um, what's it called, Extra Life 24-hour gaming session yes. for children's hospitals. And in this case, we're putting all the money towards Children's Hospital in Puerto Rico. All right. You need to send me a reminder in the link to your donation mm-hmm. page. By the I time this goes up, that'll Craftbeerradio.com slash kids. All right. So. All right. So, uh, Yeah. Things. Things. Where, what's this beer? Pot this and is kettle? Pot and Kettle. An oatmeal porter. 7.5% alcohol by volume. From Trillium Brewing Company. Who was sent this to us? Turning the can, finding the name. Kyle. Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. American two-row, rolled oats, pale chocolate, black patent, Carafa 3, Caramunic, C120, and C80. That is a big malt bill. And they mentioned on the label that the coffee in this is cold brewed coffee. 
like the last one we had? The hops are simply Columbus, just Columbus. The old standby. Trillium Brewery Brewing is one of those rock stars, and I don't recall us having them before. This might be our first Trillium. Really? I think so. Huh. Thanks, Scotty. <laughs> I think we need to get that. We need to normalize it so it's a lot louder. Yes. And then... Uh... Alright, so the aroma on this guy has a bit of like an... Oh, it's weird. It poured with this really weird head. Like, they were like crystal clear bubbles. It was almost like soda bubbles, but like clear and twice as big. I didn't see it. I, and I then was... now it's sitting here. It looks completely still sitting in the glass. Onto the aroma, I'm getting like an oats, uh, like an oatmeal stout type thing with like a touch of coffee, but the coffee is not really, it's cold brew, right? So, you know, how... The weird thing is they don't, I mean, it just says oatmeal porter, it doesn't say oatmeal porter with cold brew coffee, which is weird. The label does. The label does. Well, move on to the flavor. Because they also seem to have one that's brewed with vanilla. So it could be that I'm just like, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. Um, the the nose is kind of closed off, and I was not expecting a uh, a party of flavors, but there certainly is. It is a robust stout. Mm. You're getting lots mm-hmm. of malt. You're getting some residual sweetness, almost like a milk stout or something like that. It's not too slick like an oatmeal stout, but there is a little bit, I guess in the late aftertaste, it gets a little oaty. The, there's some dark fruits in there, you know, think, um, dried cherries. Found it. Found it. Oh, you found it? Is it different? Yes, a little bit. Okay. 7.5%. It looks like the malt is the same. Um... Barrington Coffee Roasting Company. Okay. There's a significant vanilla flavor in the middle of the taste there. Almost like a, a latte or something like that. Mm-hmm. The coffee doesn't really come across like as straight up coffee so much. Like it's completely entwined with the other flavors. And I think you're getting notes off of it. Maybe some of those... Um, cherry berry flavors are coming out of it might be getting a fair amount of bitterness here as i'm only a few sips in and it's starting to lay on my tongue well it doesn't have much of a hop flavor i think there's a fair amount of bitterness coming off of this beer i agree i think that they they said it's only columbus hops columbus is generally um a bittering hop it's not really used for aroma or flavor. It's mostly a bittering hop. And I think they use it kind of to to tone down some of the more sweet elements that might be coming from all these malts that they're using. Yeah. I mean, all the malts are just really working well together. And this has, like, you know, now I'm drinking it again. It I'm really, I'm really enthused by how well the malts are playing together. It has, it's big and it's robust. It has a bit of an imperial stout type flavor, but it's sweet it, so, you know, you think maybe it's almost like a milk stout, but I think it's just the oatmeal stout. Uh, vanilla flavors it has. This is really, really good. Yes. This has 
uh, a lot of really interesting and uh, excellent character to it. Uh, the coffee that's there is not coming through as either like super intense coffee, nor is it coming through as work coffee. It's coming through as just sort of another dimension to the flavor. Well, which you is... think of how the cold brew came across, right? It doesn't have that coffee bitterness to it so right. much. It had kind of the woodiness or something like that. If you look for like a woodiness in here, I think it's delivering kind of the same thing. I think the wood and the vanilla and the the strength of this kind of makes it seem a little bit barrely. Yeah, you can. You could easily be excused for thinking this might be bourbon barrel or something like that, just because it, it tastes like it's subtly bourbon barrel, mm-hmm. where it's not aggressive or sappy or boozy or anything like that. I I really do enjoy this. I think it's also coming across as distinctly a porter as opposed to a stout. It, it has more. Um, Less viscosity, more sort of vigorous carbonation, and a little bit of an astringency quality to it. It just just enough. I mean, like Jeff is is not necessarily. No, I'm, I'm waiting for you to finish, and I'm going to say, you know, for me, it, it feels more like an imperial stout. You know, maybe maybe something with a little less body, like a an English style or something like that. But you know, there's the the saturation of the roast, the I guess the that that pseudo oakiness, the like it's borderline boozy too, right? It's like it's not boozy, but you can like you feel it's almost there. Yeah, no, okay, that's true. I agree. Um, I do think the distinction, the porter stout distinction, is a matter of degree, and it can it can get sure. confusing in in some places. I think the sweetness too. I think that the vanilla and the the, the full body sweetness is dragging me away. That's from a decent too. point. That that that's a good point. So I may defer to you on this one and say it it, it may be more stout like than porter like, and uh, change my opinion. <laughs> Yay! Well, it has a healthy oh, carbonation. I forgot too. we had this guy over here. Oh, I'm excited now. <laughs> oh, girl. Okay. I thought there was only one more beer, but we got two. Always grab another one. I think we'll be good. I think so, so. This is the pot and kettle oatmeal porter brewed with cold brewed coffee from Trillium. This is tasty. Like, I'm pretty sure if this isn't our first Trillium, it's one of the first two. And um, while it's not one of you know the hoppy beers that they're renowned for, mm-hmm. this is a well put together, dark, robust coffee. I, uh, the coffee doesn't really lead, though. The coffee is playing a, a supporting role. And, and that's, that's really like. nice it, about it. What, I think I mentioned that before, is that it, it's, not, it's not there as a distraction or, or as overwhelming. It's just another dimension to the flavor. Yeah. And, it's, and that's really neat because... And it, it's not even necessarily obvious that it's coffee. Mm-hmm. It's not like, hey, me, I'm coffee over here. Go look at me. Yeah. It's uh, it's not it a standout seems... thing. It's just another dimension to the flavor that adds something to it. And it's it's, it's like cool. when you have a honey beer that uses just enough honey to add some nuance to mm-hmm. it and doesn't make it a, a honey, honey beer. beer. Right. Yeah. And this is the same kind of thing. This is a good use of flavorful coffee 
to just add some to just, depth to the yeah to, to to bring another dimensionality into it and and I like I really do like that I like that that use of an extra ingredient simply to bring something new mm-hmm. another nuance out of the beer as opposed to to change the beer into this is a coffee beer yeah I'm with you that would be um, I want to see this more I want to see more use of well a I want to see more use of cold brew. Mm-hmm. In coffee, because that seems like it's better able to handle the, the beering of the coffee, where it doesn't come across like work coffee or something like that. And also, I like the idea of not making, not shining the spotlight on your coffee beer, on the coffee in your coffee beer. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do this Oktoberfest. Okay. This is from Brickway. This was sent to us by Brickway. Thank you, Brickway. Um, 5.5% alcohol by volume. Oh, oh no. The, the opener failed. <laughs> there we go. The, the can. The pop top. The pop top did pop. not pop. So. I got it open. A mechanical failure. <laughs> All right. So this is their Martin. I.e. Oktoberfest. They do make very clear on the label that it's a Martin style, so they are going for that. They, The color is a yeah, a dark tan. Very clear. Brickway is in Omaha. Nebraska, you say? I do say. Well, you said it. I just said Omaha. And smell a little bit of sweetness. It has a. Do uh, you talk about the color? It's like crystal yeah. clear. It's this reddish ruby brown. It, it's it's pretty looking. It is. It is very pretty. It looks. I mean, it be. It looks like it'd be really nice in a big stein. <laughs> the aroma I'm getting. I'm getting some of that Munich malt. I'm getting like a. I'm really happy to see this. I'm, I'm, Untapped is where I go to now for a lot of the things that usually okay. has information. And the place I'm looking at, like, beer is being served in, in tulips now. And uh-huh. that's awesome. That's, like, good. I mean, that that's the, the glass for, for beers, really. We would definitely recommend. I mean, we have mm-hmm. a glass that we love, the Spielglau, but a tulip is going to be a better glass than almost any for most beers. Yes, I agree. If they give you a shaker pint, they have other ones. Send it back and get a better glass. <laughs> I was at Kaya, which is a better beer bar in town. Beer can or frozen glass. Ugh. <sighs> oh, but but what the beer was uh, Brooklyn Sriracha Ace, and I haven't had that in a few years. Oh, oh my god, is that beer good? Oh my god, is that? Good? I do remember it being good. Sriracha, an interesting hop. Yes. All right, so the aroma on this beer, the the malt, it, it has a little bit of like toffee bread crust. I'm getting a little bit of maple syrup. I'm getting a little bit of maraschino cherry juice. Wow, you're pulling a lot out of here. I don't disagree. It's just you're you're able to to pull that thing apart, and I'm also like oh no toast. If, if I di- <laughs> if I dig in deep, it gets more malty. But when I took those whiffs. Um, I was I was trying to isolate the maraschino cherry juice 
and that's when I got the maple syrup. Mm. But then the juice came as well. So uh, you know, I'm wondering if this beer might be a little estery for an Oktoberfest from those aromas. But I'm going to go into the flavor and see now. It is a little estery. Yes. You're getting um, a little bit of. How do I want? It's to a lot estery. I would say, uh, for those who don't know, there are um, estuary and phenolic. These usually come from the yeast, and these are uh, ways that they, the yeast can play with the flavor and add different sort of flavor mm-hmm. compounds. Esteries tend to be more floral and perfumey. Phenolic tend to be more spicy, like the nutmegs mm-hmm. and other things like that. Yeah, I'm getting like cookie dough in the flavor. Hmm. Almost. Yeah, yeah. It's like chocolate but chip cookie. But kind of the, the sweetness as like, opposed like to Like a the... chocolate chip cookie dough, but with not the chocolate chips, just right. the dough part. Yeah. Like a brown sugar, really. Is that That's really yeah, what's coming yeah. through. There's, there, yeah, there's an estuary sweetness that's coming across kind of like that maraschino cherry juice mm-hmm. as well. And so brown sugar gets most of its flavor from molasses. So I'm going to go straight to molasses and just say that's kind of what's coming okay. out of here. Um but it doesn't have that kind of toasty thing that, let's say, the the Sam Adams did. I, I think it's I think it's being hidden by the esters and yeah. the sweetness. And so the the estery stuff is a little bit um, a, a little floral, a little. And I'm going to to, to guess here because I'm not too up on my um, flowers. But I'm going to mm-hmm. guess is kind of daisy like. Sure, sure, I can go there. So there, I'm, I'm, I'm of two minds on this beer. The beer feels like it's well put together, uh, even though it's way too estery for a traditional Oktoberfest. I think the beer in the glass is pretty good. Yeah, I think it's very drinkable and it can quaff very easily. Right. So I mean, if you're looking for a traditional Oktoberfest, I think you're going to probably be a little bit disappointed with this. But from here on out, I am going to focus on. The in general, the, the weird thing is I tend to be kind of disappointed with traditional Oktoberfests. <laughs> a traditional Martzen, a very traditional Martzen, seems to me like a very light and um, unsubstantial beer. I mean, it's meant to be drank and drank and drank and drank and drank so much that you pee right there at your table. Right? I mean, that's like, that's the style. <laughs> if you say so. That's um, what you told me. <laughs> You're the one who told me that story. Did I? I, I remember the story about people going at the table, but uh, I don't remember <laughs> how the Mertzen tied into that necessarily. Well, it's, uh, it's just—it's a very—it's it, a very just sort of light drinkable beer with a slight maltiness to it. it. It's not over malty, and I think the American um, change to that has been to really accentuate the malt and bring that out. And I, I think I like that. Uh, okay. And I see that being done in different ways. Like the Sam Adams is, is a really good example of going toasty and going yeah. sort of caramelly with it. And this is... As, a, as I'm working on this, so I'm getting more of a honey note on this mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, this is more perfumey and honey. But it's the same thing as going after that. Going, you know, not in, in the Vienna style where... This is a delicious amber ale. It's a lager. There's so many esters in this thing. <laughs> this, it, if all amber ales tasted like this, 
Uh, it would just go gold medal all day long. <laughs> don't you think? No. You don't know? Okay. No, I disagree. Um, I think an amber ale has uh, has more substantiality to it. That this this has a, a lot of aqueousness to it, which is fine for the style, and I actually agree. I think it works. This definitely has a lager feel to it. It definitely feels to me like it's. I mean, it's very estuary. The yeast, uh, the the pastorius yeast, really does come through and give it a lot of uh, of character to it. Uh, but no, I'm th- this is a lager through and through to me. Okay, I'm just. So estuary, I've you know it's it's way beyond the amount of esters I can think of in any other lager, really, that, or at least one that's not horribly flawed. <laughs> I'm not saying this beer is flawed. I think this beer is delicious. Mm-hmm. It just does not fit my expectations for an Oktoberfest or really any kind of lager. And it it fits my my expectations for an American Oktoberfest where they really are concentrating on the malt and trying to deliver them. Okay, all right. I'm not gonna. Beat a dead horse. I liked the beer. I just didn't like the categorization. So you want them to call it an amber ale, even this though is... it's a amber lager? I just think it was too estuary to really pass itself off as a lager. Pass itself off as it is a lager. When you're entering competitions, you don't... They're Inter- not entering competitions. I, they're they're, right. they're sending us a beer. It's right, not entering right. a competition. Okay, right. But don't. Okay, in general, <laughs> name and market the beer and enter the beer in competitions as the beer you ended up with, not the one you intended to brew. But if you make something that's, that's a lager, calling it an ale seems to be. Could you do that? Is that allowed? I'm sure, it's allowed. And and we don't know. Exactly how they went. This one pours black. (laughs) You think there's motor oil on this guy? (laughs) I've been looking forward to trying this beer since we got it. All right. Um, So that kind of you know cut us off. Just just watching that pour is like whoa. I mean we're gonna we're gonna disagree on on the brickway. I loved the beer. I thought it was well put together. It just the esters. Excuse me. Completely. Blew it out of my expectation for Oktoberfest. So at 9.2%, our last beer is Luscious from The Alchemist. This was sent to us by Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks again, Kyle. Uh, British Imperial Stout, 9.2% alcohol by volume. Slam that can. Slam it. So we had another Imperial Stout from The Alchemist, from Kyle, which was their American style. And I remember how crazy hoppy it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember like thinking, oh man, I'd love it if there was a British, style. a British style. And I forgot that this one was in the fridge. And then I found this one in the fridge. And I'm like, oh, ding, ding. Yeah, like when we poured it, it was just completely black coming out of the can. This is a thick beer. Yeah. No highlights at all. Pours with a... Uh, Pretty dark tan head. Mine's fallen down to just kind of wispy little bits of foam. Has kind of that that smoky woody type of aroma on it. Yeah, really dark roast. Carries through in the flavor. You're getting dark roast. You're getting a bunch of dark fruits: raisins, plums, pear, prunes. Kind of old ale-ish, almost. Mm-hmm. It does have an oxidative character to it, doesn't it? 
Which, you know, with cans, you really don't get it from the can, right. per se. But, yeah, it definitely has that kind of sherry-type um, age mm-hmm. to it. Uh, this was probably canned in February. Just says 2 slash 17 on the bottom. Yeah. yeah. That's well done. Um... I like it better. Now that I'm getting a little acclimated, first, you know, because it's so dark and roasty, that first sip is kind of, kind of ashy, mm-hmm. kind of burnt. But second sip, you're appreciating a much more full body, a much more sweetness to it. It's not acrid. Right. Like the first sip, I was worried that this beer was going to be mm-hmm. kind of like that ashy, traditional English imperial stout from uh, McKesson or something like that, you know. So there's a lot of different kind of levels of malt here. There is sort of, there, there's a caramel sort of toffee edge to it. There's also a very sort of burnt uh, charcoal edge on, on another end, and there's a lot, a lot of gradations in between. So there's a lot of different sort of malt characters coming through, and that is really the star by far, is the malts that are being pushed. And you really you can focus on anywhere in that gradation if you want to. There's a, a good mouthfeel here. Um... A healthy amount of alcohol, which you can definitely feel. This really apparent. fits with British style, because you know you're not getting that, you're not getting anything like chocolate milk. You know you're not getting an overabundance mm-hmm. of sweetness. It's staying roasty. It's staying. It has a, a lingering bitterness to it, a lingering maybe astringency, but it's not ashy or, or mm-hmm. um, astringent. Does it have right a now. slight creaminess to it? Yeah. And, you know, being at the end of the flight, it's a pretty warm beer right now. I'm guessing it's in the 60s. 66 on the surface, so it's over 60 inside Mm -hmm. the beer. Which, again, we're not saying you have to drink your beer at this this temperature, but 60 degrees is still colder than you are at, like, 98 around, Mm -hmm. approximately, so it does not feel warm. And it also brings out a lot of flavor. And if a, if you want to get the most flavor out of your beer, we recommend around that 50 to 60 range. Even for loggers like the Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just opens up the beer so much. You can get so much more detail. So if you're critically tasting a beer, if you really want to dig into it, you cannot be drinking it at what most of them recommend at the temperature. You know, you know, even, you know, recommended Imperial style temperature is probably more like 52 as opposed to 62. But those nuances really come out when you hit around 55, 56, when you get above around 55 degrees is Mm -hmm. when it starts to open. Yeah. This is Luscious from The Alchemist. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good is right. I think that the pot and kettle had more interesting qualities to it. I think the pot and kettle had more like to explore. Mm-hmm. This is, I agree with the title of the beer. It's luscious. It does have a very um, uh, it feels like you're you know laying down on a nice comfy couch and <laughs> and just drinking this. You're like, oh, this is luscious. Like this is a. Um, 
See, I dis- <laughs> No, this is splitting hairs too. I love yeah. I like this beer. I wouldn't call Opulent. it luscious. I wouldn't call it luscious though, because for luscious I want something a little bit sweeter, a little bit more American, chocolate milky, you know, that kind of thing. Uh yeah, I don't know. To yeah. me this is like this just feels like yeah, this, this is yeah, it feels like opulence. Right. It feels like I'm this. saying if I want a beer that makes me feel luscious, that, that's what I want. I need a little more sweetness to it. But I'm not saying this beer needs more sweetness. I'm saying this beer is This, this beer is good. very well done. And yes. it's, you know, I'm very much enjoying it. Yeah, I'm going to take my time with this one. So let's get some ranks. Rank. Oh, rank, rank, rank. boy. Okay. Do you want to put the coffee in there? I don't know if I can rank the coffee in terms of the beer, so I wouldn't rank it. I'm I'm not going to. Okay. Uh because it, 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 it would end up at the at the end and it doesn't deserve to be at the end. It's just not a beer. It just doesn't Okay. Sure. Alright, so let me see what we have here. Hmm. And then if I wanted to put the beer in, where would I slide the beer in? All right. So I'll start. I'm going to put the uh, Critical Band from Modern Times. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to put it in the tight last place. Uh, I like this beer. This was their Northeast IPA. It had a really dominant kind of orange peel pith type flavor and you know when i'm telling people about like what hazy ipas are juicy ipas are it's never that orange peel pith thing Mm -hmm. so the beer was still pretty good but there was i'm hardly a judge for northeast ipas but i like to think i am i play one on tv (laughs) and that that orange peel pith just is really a detractor for what the beer was trying to be uh, it wasn't bad. I drank the whole thing, and I would drink it again. Mm-hmm. But it, compared, and like I said, we've been yeah. extra no, lucky. No bad beers on this show. We've been extra lucky yeah. with um, having delicious ones. Yeah. So, but we've had. I mean, like the last show had some beers that were like iffy on. There, were, there mm-hmm. wasn't a bad yeah. one today. I'm gonna put the scent health in. I'm gonna put the, the coffee in here. I'm gonna put the scent health in uh, fifth place. The. Um, I would love to know how old this beer was exactly. I'm guessing it's like five and a half months old. I think it probably lost some of its hoppiness. Uh, What I did like about it, though, was I thought the malt character, while not fitting into a Blondale, I think it was a pretty interesting malt character. And then, you know, the kind of subdued hoppiness that remained, I think, worked really well on that beer. I'm going to put the Oktoberfest from Brookway in uh, fourth place. The uh, like I said, I liked this beer. I liked the beer that was in the glass. I liked that maple syrup, maraschino cherry, the esteriness on that beer. It tasted clean. It tasted well put together. No flaws or anything like that. It just did not meet my expectations of an Oktoberfest or like we were arguing a bit earlier, a lager in general. Now, if I got a beer served to me that called itself an amber ale. And tasted that good, I'd be like, "Oh, that's what you know." It's like when I had my first good Belgio IPA because mm-hmm. I really never had an amber ale that's knocked my socks off. You know, it's kind of a throwaway category for me. 
I think this, I wouldn't argue if they called that an Amber Allen. I'd be like, damn, that's good. I'm going to put the um, Modern Times Ethiopian uh, Sumatra Cold Brew in third place. Now, the reason I'm ranking this, I'm not sure if Greg is going to you know, change his mind or you know give me give his opinion on this, is the beverage itself had a great depth of character and flavor. And it was I something agree. we could explore and taste. And it wasn't too different from the other beers tonight where I couldn't... I disagree. Couldn't rank it. Uh, you can, and you may, and you will. Uh, but I really enjoyed that digging into that woody, nutty thing, and then you know, light fruitiness, and that worked out well for me. I'm going to put the pot and kettle in second place. This guy was kind of an extension of that modern times. Maybe it was just a palate drift thing because we had that coffee before we had the beer, but I was really pulling a lot of the same flavors. I was getting a light woodiness. I was getting a light berry out of it. And because it was so subtly used in the beer, that's one thing I really liked about that as well, how it was a beer with a coffee accent as opposed to a coffee beer. Mm -hmm. You know, beer with coffee accent starts with beer. Coffee beer starts with coffee, and right. that's the big difference. And then I'm going to put Luscious from The Alchemist. This is a delicious English-style, British-style imperial stout. It has a moderate sweetness. It has a nice roastiness to it, you know, dare I say intense roastiness to it. It's pretty up there, and it has a nice bitter balance to it, but it's just so yummy. Okay. I am not going to rank the coffee because, uh, like Jeff, I do feel that it has a lot of character to it. Uh, unlike Jeff, I kind of feel like I can't rank it with the other beers because it's just it. It's not close enough to those kind of flavors that that I feel like ranking makes sense. I feel like it's it's too far outside. If we were ranking a bunch of coffees, then it might be different, but we're not. We're ranking a bunch of beers, and then we're throwing a coffee in there. I enjoyed it. I think it was... I, I would recommend it. I, you know, especially if you like coffee, you like lots of different flavors. Um, but I'm not going to, to, to put it in the ranking. So, in fifth place, I'm going to agree with Jeff that the last place is the Critical Band. Uh, it was a fine new Northeastern IPA with the very drinkable and lots of good flavors to it. But in terms of the Northeast IPAs that we've had, uh, probably near the bottom of uh, of the good barrel. And it just didn't really, it didn't flip me out or anything. It just was like, okay, well, yeah, there's some stuff and uh, it's a good drinker. But there wasn't anything that was especially jumping over uh, and being like, yeah, I got to have more of this one. Mm -hmm. uh, in fourth place, I'm going to agree and put the four hands. Uh, weird to call it a blonde ale because there was so much different character than I expected out of a blonde ale. Right. A lot of malt character. Maybe that's because it's old. Uh, if it is because it's old, well, then I think the the old one is, has some very interesting stuff going on. Uh, but the other things I think were better. In third place, I'm also going to put the Brickway. This uh, Oktoberfest, which I feel was absolutely an ale. Jeff thinks it's uh, no, actually a lager, rather. I think Jeff Jeff feels it's more ale-like. Um, no, I think it, it fits in the American Oktoberfest style, which is not a traditional German Martzen, even though it says Martzen on it. But I'm fine with that. I like a, a roastier, maltier 
lager and I appreciated what it was doing and I liked I really did like the the mix of esters but these uh, these two stouts were in a kind of a different stout slash porters were in a different level than the other beers I'm going to switch those around I'm going to put the alchemist in second place while I really did enjoy it the trillium had so many different accents and so many different areas to explore and I was really impressed with how much I could just look at this uh, this angle and this angle and this angle it, it's a good point there was more facets to the to the trillium uh while the alchemist i mean this this alchemist is excellent but the trillium really had more the alchemist is straightforward yes very much so and that is that those are the rankings i'm dancing Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, please do. Uh, you can use email beer at craftbeerradio.com. On Twitter, I'm at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. At Craft Beer Radio for a shared account. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We really do appreciate when you take the time to listen to the show. And uh, we will. Greg's gonna, next time we're on the air, Greg is going to share us his tales of London. London. That's- yeah. Awesome. We'll talk to you then. See ya.